Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. My name is Robert L. Green. Um, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, attended public schools in Detroit. Uh, went to Wayne State University for a short time. From there to San Francisco State College, where I received my bachelor's and master's degrees in psychology. And I went up to Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan, where I did my PhD. I did a, a PhD in educational psychology. And can you talk to the kids a little bit? Because we have some kids interested in the historical aspect of your life and other kids interested in the educational aspect of your life. Can you talk about um, your intersection with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and you working personally with him for a few years? Yeah, I, well, we needed a speaker at Michigan State to raise money to do a tutorial project in the southern part of the United States. And I thought of him and I met someone, uh, I encountered someone rather whom I had known for some time who knew where he was located. I got his number in Atlanta, Georgia. I called the secretary and asked to speak to him. He actually came on the phone and I was a little surprised and I invited him up to speak at Michigan State University. He came up and I still remember, this was maybe 40, 50 years ago, he raised about $5,000 for us because uh, we charged a fee for coming in to listen to him. And he gave every penny to us. He wouldn't even take travel, uh, which is typical, was typical of Martin Luther King Jr. Always a very generous, giving person who cared about uh, everyone else. And uh, this was typical of the life he led. So that's how I met him. We needed money to run a tutorial project at Russ College in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And in those days, young people, uh, in the South, things were very segregated racially. Blacks and whites uh, were treated differently. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, attempting to use the public library with uh, my youngest son, Kevin, and two or three other students and they would not allow us to use the library. They said the library was for whites only. So um, it was a very difficult time. Uh, I grew up uh, knowing about the South uh, because of my reading and also traveling with my dad. My dad was a Pentecostal minister who would drive from Detroit to Memphis, Tennessee each year to the an annual church meeting. And I would go with him. I always wanted to go. And I always wanted to meet people and see what was going on in other parts of the country. That's how I found out about racial segregation in the United States of America in a very strong way. Now, there were some aspects in the North, in places like Detroit, uh, but nothing like it was in the Southern parts uh, of the United States. When you were uh, marching with uh, Dr. King and when you were a part of um, his organization, were you aware at the time that uh, you were being involved in history? Were, like, were you cognizant that you're like, wow, I'm, I'm living history right now? Not really. It's interesting. Uh, I'm asked that question quite a bit. 
I never thought that the marching through Mississippi, uh, the dangers that we were faced with would be recorded in time. I never thought about it. I only wanted to do what was the right thing. There was always the fear of Martin Luther King Jr. being assassinated. And we used to t try to tell him to be careful, watch your step. And uh, I never will forget, we were in a little town in Mississippi and the gas station owner saw Martin Luther King Jr. and he was uh, uh, servicing a car. He stopped pumping gas, he ran up to the car and he, young people, he put the pistol right on the head, forehead, I'm sorry, the, uh, the head of Martin Luther King Jr. and said, Martin Luther King Jr., I'm going to blow your brains out. And King turned very slowly towards him with a smile and said, brother, I love you. And the gas station owner's name was Belk, B-E-L-K. He did not know what to do. So King was not a fearful person. He was a very strong person. And he always said, do the right thing and you'll be okay. I, 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 that's an absolutely amazing quote. And especially now you had, um, I've, I've read a lot of your stuff and I've, I've, I've followed a lot of, a lot of your stuff online and you, you have that, that ongoing message of love and kindness. And we have um, a question from one of our students in Spain. Uh, his name is Pablo. Pablo, you should be able to unmute to ask your question. You had a really good question uh, that's along the lines of what Dr. Green is talking about. Uh, okay, uh, nice to meet you, Dr. Uh, Robert. And my question was, during the time you worked with Martin Luther King, is there anything that you learned from him or is there anything that you could say about him? Thank you. I missed the last part of that, uh, Ralph. He, he would like to know, is there anything that you learned, uh, like a, a lesson that you took from yeah. be, being connected with Dr. King? Uh, tyrants and naughty people, I will even use the term sometimes evil people, they control you through fear. They put fear in your lives and they intimidate you and control your life through the use of fear. And Martin Luther King Jr. used to always say, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Uh, fight for freedom, no matter where you are. And so I think Martin Luther King Jr. more than any other civil rights leader or special leader working for people who are at a disadvantage, he taught us to not be afraid. And he wasn't afraid. And uh, as I said, uh, the gas station owner who put the pistol to his head, King turned to him and said, brother, I love you. And so we were all very worried, very concerned. And King's response was this. He said, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the former president of the United States, he had the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the Secret Service, and they got him. So when they're ready to kill me, they will do it, and there's nothing I could do. And we were all very disturbed, Pablo, but he was a man who was not afraid. He was always there to do what was right for people who were being abused. It sounds like a, he, he walked in kindness and he walked in love. And yeah. uh, would, would that be a fair assessment? That would be a very fair assessment. 
and he walked without fear. That's very important. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. feared no one. He said, I fear, He even in the last speech, he said, I fear no man. And my eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. So he was always kind of a spiritual person. And one night I sat up listening to uh, many of his old sermons. And in every sermon, just about, he would, he would preach and say, don't be afraid. Fight for freedom. Don't be afraid. Struggle for freedom. So young people, I say to you today, always do the right thing. When you're faced with a set of circumstances and you're unsure, ask the question, is it right? Is it proper? Is it decent? Is it fair? Those were the kinds of questions King would raise uh, uh, to us. And he would also raise that to the larger public. He was not a very, he was not a fearful man. And um, we're going to circle, circle back around because I know that we only have you for a lot of time, but I got an email from a student and they had a question about your upbringing and your father's focus on education and, and how it impacted your, your family. Oh, very good question. My dad was, almost obsessed with an education, with us staying in school. Oh, we would never think of Pablo, I can see you and I can see Matilda. I would never think of dropping out of school. Education in our family was important. And I had a nephew and a niece of mine count the number of degrees we have from the nine of us and the children and grandchildren. This was several years ago. And we had a total of about 85 MDs, PhDs, and undergraduate degrees, bachelor's degrees. And that came from the push from my father, Thomas Green. He was, he was just really strong on education. He felt education was a way to overcome the difficulties uh, that you uh, are faced with uh, in life. Especially Absolutely. from a racial standpoint. I wanted to ask because we, sorry, I, I keep getting some questions emailed to me. Um, the students wanted to know, could you have ever imagined and, and could your father have ever imagined so many degrees conferred to all of his children and then you also being a leader in higher education? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, when I finished my PhD, I believe I was a, a dean at Michigan State University. Uh, my dad drove up. He had had a stroke but he could still drive the car with one hand. And he drove up to campus to visit with me and I took him by the office and he was so happy uh, that I had completed um, an education. And I said to dad, my dad, we had no choice. So I have a brother who has eight daughters and all eight of the girls are either MDs, medical doctors or PhDs and two, I think, have both MDs and PhDs. So it, 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 it was instilled into us by our father with the support of our mother to stay in school and get formally educated so you could help other people. Absolutely, and we, we have a, uh, we're gonna circle back around to um, your time with Dr. King. 
One of the students wants to know, um, is there anything that you could speak on regarding Dr. King's unrealized potential? Dr. King's what? Unrealized potential. Like what, what could, oh, could often, have been. I often wondered what would have happened in America if Martin Luther, two people had not been assassinated. One was Martin Luther King Jr. and two, Bobby Kennedy. They were both two men who were committed to social justice. And that's something I've written about in, in the title of my book, At the, Fear, At the Crossroads of Fear and Freedom, The Fight for Social and Educational Justice. That's something that always stayed on my mind. Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy, the brother of the president, they were two people who never thought about themselves or their safety. They always thought about others and what they could do to help others uh, uh, in their lives. So I often feel that America would have been a much better place, have been a stronger place. It would have been a fair place because Martin Luther King Jr. was not afraid. He was not fearful. Bobby Kennedy was not fearful. And I, you will see in the book, I have a picture of myself uh, and um, Bobby Kennedy. In this book, King and Kennedy talk about freedom and overcoming fear. Uh, fear is something that drives us in the wrong direction. Uh, it could be fearful on your job of a boss or a manager who's unfair. It could be even fear in a marital relationship. If there's fear there, maybe uh, I, I'm not advocating separation, but it might be that there are factors in your life that suggest that fear is the driving force and not love and kindness and support. And that's what Martin Luther King Jr. stressed. So um, before we let you go, and you've, you've spoken on, on a multitude of things. Um, these kids are kind of going off into the world and, and it's, you know, a, a different time, obviously now than, than when you came up. Is there any advice that you could give to these kids as they go off into the world and figure out what they want to do and what kind of people they want to be? Yes, I, I was asked that question by a group of third and fourth grade students uh, not too long ago back in Las Vegas. I think it's important at this stage of your life to think about how you can be the best person ever, how you can be one that others will come to and trust, that you can be the one that will support the least of these. Uh, students at the high school level, if there are kids who are left behind, who are sometimes rejected, reach out to them whether you're middle school or high school or even at the elementary school level. So King would say, if you want to live in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr., always look out and look for ways in which you can support uh, uh, other, those who cannot always support themselves and help themselves. Uh, King, was, King was that person. I recall one thing uh, that uh, Ralph was so important. Martin Luther King Jr. was such a generous man that we would try to keep him from having money in his pocket. 
If there was someone standing on a street corner begging, if Martin Luther King Jr. had $20 in his pocket, he would give the full $20 to them. We would say, no, don't do that. You need money for food. He said, I don't need money for food. If I'm hungry, you will feed me. If I need clothing, you will clothe me. But the man on the street corner, he doesn't have the support I have. So King was a very generous, kind, decent person. 